And we fast forward a couple of chapters to 26, beginning in verse 1. So the people of Ziph went to see Saul at Gebeah. They had said to him, David is hiding in the hill of Hakilah, opposite Jerusalem. So Saul went down to the desert of Ziph. His 3,000 chosen men of Israel went with him. They looked for David in the desert of Ziph. Saul made his camp on the hill of Hakilah, beside the road opposite Jerusalem. But David stayed in the desert. He heard Saul had followed him. So David sent out spies and learned that Saul had come to Hakilah. Then David went to the place where Saul had camped. He saw where Saul and Abner, son of Ner, were sleeping. Abner was the commander of Saul's army. Saul was sleeping in the middle of the camp with all the army around him. David talked to Ahimelech, the Hittite, and Abishai, the son of Zeruiah. Abishai was Joab's brother. He said to them, who will go down into Saul's camp with me? Abishai answered, I will go with you. So that night, David and Abishai went into Saul's camp. Saul was asleep in the middle of the camp. His spear was stuck in the ground near his head. Abner and the army were sleeping around Saul. Abishai said to David, today God has let you defeat your enemy. Let me pin Saul to the ground with the spear. I'll only do it once. I won't hit him twice. But David said to Abishai, don't kill Saul. No one can harm the Lord's appointed king and still be innocent. As surely as the Lord lives, the Lord himself will punish Saul. Maybe Saul will die naturally, or maybe he will go into battle and be killed. But may the Lord keep me from harming his appointed king. Now pick up the spear and the water jug that are near Saul's head, then let's go. So David took the spear and water jug that were near Saul's head. They left and no one saw them. No one knew about it or woke up. The Lord had made them stay asleep. David crossed over to the other side of the hill. He stood on top of the mountain from Saul's camp. David and Saul's camps were far apart. David shouted to the army and to Abner, son of Ner, answer me, Abner. Abner answered, who is calling for the king? Who are you? David said, you're the greatest man in Israel. Isn't that true? Then why didn't you guard your master, the king? Someone came into your camp to kill your master, the king. What you have done is not good. As surely as the Lord lives, you and your men should die. You haven't guarded your master, the Lord's appointed king. Look, where are the king's spear and water jug that were near his head? Saul knew David's voice. He said, is that your voice, David, my son? David answered, yes, it is my master and king. David also said, why are you chasing me, my master? What have I done? What evil am I guilty of? My master and king, listen to me. If the Lord caused you to be angry with me, let him accept an offering. But if men caused you to be angry with me, let the Lord curse them. They have made me leave the land Lord gave me. They have told me, go and serve other gods. Now don't let me die far away from the Lord's presence. The king of Israel has come out looking for a flea. You're like a man hunting a partridge bird in the mountains. Then Saul said, I have sinned. Come back, David, my son. Today you respected my life, so I will try not to hurt you. I've acted foolishly. I've made a big mistake. David answered, here is your spear. Let one of your young men come here and get it. The Lord rewards every man 
for the things he does right and for his loyalty to him. The Lord put you in my power today, but I wouldn't harm the Lord's appointed king. I respected your life today. Surely in the same way the Lord will respect my life. Surely he will give me, save me from all trouble. Then Saul said to David, you are my blessed, you are blessed, my son, David. You will do great things and succeed. So David went on his way and Saul went back home. Well, we said, didn't we, some things are easy to wait for. If your parents ask you to tidy your room, it's easy to, it's easy to wait for that, isn't it? Some things, though, are hard to wait for. If your birthday is seven months away, that's pretty hard. Or if you really need the loo, that can be difficult. David, though, in our story, David has, has been told by God that he is going to be crowned king of Israel. Okay? David knows that he's going to be crowned uh, king of Israel instead of King Saul, but he's got to wait. David has got to wait. And it's really hard for him to wait. He's been on the run from Saul. He's under pressure. He's probably a bit smelly. Probably hasn't had a bath for a long time. And he looks weak. It's been really hard for him to wait for God's timing to make him king. And the big question in our stories today is this. When the chances come for him to grab the throne, will he do it and become king, even though that means doing evil? Or will he wait for God's timing, okay? Will he grab the crown or will he wait for God's perfect timing? Well, when Andrew was reading out, we heard, didn't we, two action-packed stories. And in the first of the stories, King Saul has a ginormous army of not one or two, but 3,000 men in his army, 3,000 warriors. And who, who are they looking for? Just one man. But there's 3,000 of them out looking for him. Maybe they look something like this. Okay, pretty scary. At the finest, best men of Israel. And it's not looking good for King David, is it? He's under pressure. He's a bit smelly. He hasn't had a bath. And he's on the run. David looks like he's on team loser. Okay? It's not looking good for him. Until something very unexpected happened. Did you hear in verse 3 what happened? Saul is hunting for David, but he needs the loo. All right? Even, even kings need to go to the loo, don't they? Because if you need to go, you need to go, don't you, when you need to go to the loo? Sorry, you're allowed to laugh. I know we're in church, but it's okay. This is supposed to be funny in our story. And so Saul knows he needs to go to the loo, and so he finds a big, dark cave, and uh, he lifts up his, his robe, or maybe takes his, his robe off, finds a nice rock to perch on, maybe, in the cave. But what Saul doesn't know is that David is also in that same dark cave, okay? David and his army are very quietly in the cave where Saul is going to the loo. And remember, David has been running away from, from Saul. He's been running and running, miles and miles, days and days to get away from him. He's tired. He's not had a bath. But David does know that one day God has promised that he will be crowned king. He knows that he can wait. But here, while Saul is on the loo with his pants down, there is a golden chance, a perfect opportunity for him to kill Saul and to grab the crown, to become 
king. And his friends tell him to do it. Do it. Here's your chance. So what does he do? Well, someone over here is going to pretend to be King Saul. And so... Saul. David goes over to him with a knife and takes a little bit of his robe. Okay, I'm not going to be wearing that shirt again after this. And Charlotte thinks that's probably a good thing, I hope. So he didn't kill him. He had the chance, a golden, perfect chance. And what does he do? He just takes a bit of his robe. I wonder why he does that. We'll come back to that later. The second story, though, chapter 26, Saul hasn't learnt his lesson. And again, he comes hunting after David with not one, not two. But do you remember how many soldiers he had? Yeah. Nearly, Florence? Three, you know, he had lots more, didn't he? 3,000 men. And David, this time, has another chance, a second chance to kill Saul. What will he do this time? Well, it was dark again in the second story, not from the cave, but because it was nighttime. And Saul and his army are in the land of Nod, okay? They are fast asleep. And so David and his friend Abishai bravely creep down, very quietly, into the, into the camp of 3,000 men. And it's another golden chance, a perfect opportunity for David to kill Saul. And more than that, Saul is asleep. Okay, he's maybe, you know, snoring away along with the rest of the army. And Abishai, David's friend, if we look at the next slide, says, look, there's Abishai at the front with the sword. And so this is the perfect chance to get our own back. And if you do that, David, you're going to become king. I'll even kill him for you. What will David do? We'll have a look on this next slide. We're told what he says. We're told David said to Abishai's friend, don't kill Saul. No one can harm the Lord's appointed king and still be innocent. As surely as the Lord lives, the Lord himself will punish Saul. May the Lord keep me from harming his appointed king. It's not David's job to kill King Saul. It's not his job to grab the crown, but he can leave it to God's perfect timing. But like with the robe, do you remember he, he stole a bit of the robe, took that away? Remember that happened to Joe a few minutes ago. We took the robe. But, but David thinks, actually, I'm going to take a few things. I'm going to take Saul's spear. Do you remember that Saul had a few times used the spear to try and kill David? So he takes the spear. And do you remember in the story what else? Can anyone remember what else he took? Go on, Eliza, you were first. So you take, what's that? A jug. Do you remember what the jug had in it, Florence? Water. I reckon it was one of these ones. So um, he needed to make sure he had two lots of these a day uh, to keep himself nice and fit. Maybe he took the water jug and the spear away and took those things. He didn't kill him. He just took those things. And so the next um, bit in the story says that David stood on a hill far away and shouted over to Saul, why are you hunting for me? What have I done wrong? 
And Saul says back to him, I've sinned, I've been foolish, I've made a huge mistake. And David gives him back his spear and they go different ways. And actually, for us as grown-ups, we need to know this is the last time that they meet in the book of 1 Samuel and we'll be finishing the book of 1 Samuel next week. So, David had two massive chances to get his own back and to kill King Saul, to become king, to grab the crown. Why didn't he do it? Well, we're going to hear another song, and then we're going to think about why it was that that David didn't grab the crown, and what that story means for us as children and as grown-ups as well. So let's listen to the song. Does that sound good? And then we'll come back and see what it means for us. Great. We saw in the first bit, didn't we, that, that David had two golden chances, two perfect opportunities to kill Saul. Why didn't he do it? Why didn't he take that opportunity and grab the crown? If it was the other way around, Saul definitely would have killed him, wouldn't he? Why didn't he grab the crown? He could have become king quickly and easily. Well, here's the answer. Because David knew that God had chosen him to become king, and he trusted that God would make that happen at just the right time. Because God's king waits for God's timing. God's king waits for God's timing. Do you think you could say that with me? God's king waits for God's timing. See, in the cave, do you remember what happened? Uh, And at night, do you remember what happened? David could have easily killed Saul. And his friends told him to. But he didn't. And that was the right thing to do. He trusted God's timing. Saul was still the king of Israel. And it would have been evil for David to have killed him. David is the king who did things God's way. Because do you remember, God's, what do we say? God's king waits for God's timing. What a great king David is. But there will be a time later on where David would fail as God's king. Where he'd kill a a man who was married to a lady called Bathsheba. He was an innocent man, yet David killed him. He failed as God's king. And so in our search for God's king, we need to go a step beyond David to King Jesus, a better king. I loved when I was a kid, I loved Spot the Difference. Did you ever, do you like Spot the Difference? Can you play that a little bit? Others, you know, a few, Andrew Stevenson, I think he enjoys a Spot the Difference every now and then. Fantastic. Well, Spot the Difference, I really enjoy because maybe if we move on to the next slide until we all try and spot the differences in those. Um, in Spot the Difference, we, we can do that with David and Jesus, okay? King David and King Jesus, because some things between them look pretty similar, look the same. But then we can also spot some differences in our story. And so in our story, both of them are appointed as God's king. Okay, that's the same with Jesus and it's the same with David. Both of them also had to wait to be king, didn't they? To be crowned king. So Jesus, remember when he was born in the manger, he was the king. But he had to wait until he went to the cross and then he raised raised from the dead and ascended to heaven until he was crowned the perfect king of kings forever. Both of them as well lived their lives in danger where people want to kill them. Both of them were on the run. But also, both trusted God was in control, that he'd make them king at at just the right time. And both of them treated their enemies well, didn't they? Both David and Jesus. So when Jesus was laughed at, and when they poked fun at him, And when he was beaten, 
He didn't attack his enemies back, did he? But like David, he, he left those things to God. He left it to God's timing. So in lots of ways, Jesus and David, well, they look pretty similar. But we need to spot the difference as well. There are some things that are different. Because Jesus is the better king because he never failed. He never sinned when David did. He is the truly innocent king who waited for God's perfect timing. This is how Peter puts it later on in the Bible. He says this, that Jesus did no sin. He never lied. People insulted Christ, but he did not insult them in return. Christ suffered, but he did not threaten. He let God take care of him. God is the one who judges rightly. And you know what? This is where it fits into our lives as well, because Peter says in that chapter that we follow in Jesus's footsteps. We follow in his footsteps because we know, don't we, that, that God's promised King, Jesus Christ, will one day come back. And that will happen at just the right time when Jesus comes back. And everyone on that day will recognize Jesus when he comes back as the true king. Everyone will acknowledge him as the true king of kings. We know it's going to happen, but it's not happened yet, has it? And so we need to wait patiently for God's timing for when Jesus Christ comes back. But just like it was hard for David in our story, and just like it was hard for Jesus as well, sometimes it will be hard for us as we wait for King Jesus to come back. What does this mean? Well, for kids, you know, sometimes at school it might be that, that we're at school maybe in the playgrounds and, and someone says something really mean about Jesus. That sometimes happens. And it can be really hard to follow a king who isn't followed by everyone. But like David and like Jesus, we don't need to shout back at them when they say something like that. We don't need to hit them or punch them when that happens. But we can remember that one day, in God's timing, everyone will recognize Jesus as king. And, and so we wait for that day when everyone will recognize Jesus. I remember when I was a bit younger, I was in the computer room at school and I was doing some work or playing some games or something like that. And um, yeah, probably not doing work. And, and I was in the computer room and someone found out there that I was a Christian. And they said some really mean things to me because I followed Jesus. And it was, really, it was really sad. They said some really horrible and mean things. And they made me sad. But afterwards, I remember that actually people said really mean things to Jesus, didn't they? And we follow in his footsteps. And so we don't need to be surprised that as we wait for him to come back, people might say those kind of things to us. And actually, just to speak to grown-ups uh, for a few seconds, these kind of things happen to us, don't they? <laughs> We're on the Zoom call or, or at the family gathering and someone says that the Christian point of view is just, was just ridiculous. They laugh at us for having dinosaur beliefs or just they can't believe that we believe in things so archaic. And in those moments, we can feel so frustrated, can't we? It's hard to follow a king not recognized by everyone. But we don't need to leave the Zoom call or retaliate or take things into our own hands. But like David... And like Jesus, we can entrust all of this to God and we can wait for the time when God's king will be recognized by everyone. Just like David, just like Jesus, didn't grab the crown, but
but they waited for God's perfect timing. We wait as well for Jesus to be recognized as king by everyone. When actually on that day when he returns, we no longer need to wait, but we'll be able to know him as king and he'll call us home to be with him forever. That is going to be a wonderful, wonderful day.